how many of you know that God wants you to be separated so that you can be used? God wants you to be used in a great way because God has a great purpose for your life. Let's look at Hebrews 10, 10. It says this, by that, meaning Jesus, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all, once and for all. If you look up this word sanctified, it means to be made holy. It means to be made holy as he is holy. And it means to be set apart for a specific use. How many of you know that God plucked you out of darkness and set you apart so that you can have his nature in you so that you can be used by God? How many of you believe that? (coughs) Well, it is true that sanctification, it has already happened in our spirit. God has set you apart. You have the nature of God. But how many of you know that sometimes you got to work out your sanctification? Your sanctification really, um, it, the level of you being sanctified really determines by, it's really determined by you. See, God, he says in, um, he says in 2 Timothy, we're going to read it. He says, listen, this is your choice. Either you want to be used by God greatly or you want to just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of play the game, right? So we see 2 Timothy 2.20 through 21, it says, In a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and composite buckets. Some containers are used to serve fine meals. Others to take out the garbage. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guest for their blessing. How many of you want to be God's utensil? You want to be God's tool. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to just be someone that says, you know what, I'm going to do just what I feel and think and my feelings are going to kind of take over. I'm going to separate myself so that I can be used by God. How many of you know that it's our choice? It's our choice. The level that you want to be used by God is the level that you decide to be sanctified. And it's, it's what you decide. It's how much do you want of God. You know, God says that he's not a respecter of persons. That he doesn't look at one person and say, oh, you know what, I'm going to bless them, but I'm not going to bless them. No, God says, you can have all of me that you want. How many of you want all of God? Why is this important? Why is this important? Because at the end, this is all that matters. Can we just talk about it today? We're not going to live forever. We're not going to be here forever. There is going to be an end. Jesus can come back at any moment and any time. How many of you want to be ready for that? There is going to be an end. You've lived long enough that you know that you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. And the only thing that matters in this life is what you did for God. Am I right about it? I mean, if we can just have like eternity stamped on our eyeballs and recognize that, you know what, a lot of things matter. But the biggest thing that matters, am I really focusing on the biggest thing 
that matters. Because there is going to be a day that we stand in front of Jesus with eyes of fire. And there is a judgment day. Now, for Christians, it's not the judgment whether you're going to heaven or hell. On judgment day, there's going to be a day to say, did you do all that you could have done for God? How many of you want to store up treasure for heaven, not just on earth? Come on, are you awake awake today? You want to be alive to God and be used by God? I believe today that God's going to begin to put some things in you. See, because you can't do it by yourself. You can't say, you know what, I'm just going to be great for God. No, you got to say, God, I need you. You got to work out in me so that I can be a, a special utensil for you. How many of you want to be a special utensil? See, those that, that are used by God, they have favor in their life. They have blessing in their life. And I believe that today God is going to begin to remind us of what it is to really put him first and to really want to be used by him. How many of you know there's nothing more special than being used by God? In the whole world, there's nothing more special than being used by God. The, Paul says, listen, there's going to be a day, and in that day of judgment, this is what's going to happen. All of the works that we did that were outside of faith, it's like wood, hay, and stubble. It's all going to be burned up. But the things we did by faith, these are the precious stones that we're able to take with us. How many of you want to live by faith and not by sight? Come on, are you awake today? How many of you want to live by faith and not by sight. You don't want to live by your emotions and the atmosphere. You want to raise, you want to rise up above the culture. See, because the culture causes you, the culture of the world causes you to get into what they're into. So anxiety, get into anxiety, or, or just laziness, get into laziness. There is a culture that we have to get out of, and that's what it is to be sanctified. See, when you find yourself slipping back into the culture of I only want to live for what I want to live for and not what God wants to live for, you got to know that i got to make a decision to step aside from the culture and begin to rise above my circumstances. Some of you, you've been going through some circumstances. And the enemy has been throwing so much at you. (coughs) Not just bad things, good things. The enemy can throw so much at you so that we don't keep the main thing the main thing. How many of you want to keep the main thing the main thing? That we're we're going to begin to focus on not just this world. Paul said we're not living for just this world, right? He said we're living for another world because we're citizens of heaven. We're pilgrims here on this earth. We're aliens here on this earth. We're living for heaven. How many of you want to be a church that lives for heaven? Doesn't live for just the now, but lives for heaven. You begin to operate in faith. Now, I'm going to pray, and and I believe that God, in a minute, I believe that God's going to begin to stir us up and uh, begin to show us some things, what we can do to begin to be used by God. Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says this. Now, we know this scripture in the New King James Version, it says to begin to uh, live your life as a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable, right? Y'all know this scripture? Live your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And so this is a, a scripture that talks about being set apart. This is a scripture that talks about being sanctified. And it goes like this. It says, so here's what I want you to do. Look, look at your neighbor and say, you got to do this. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. See, that part of Scripture right there talks about your purpose. That talks about your purpose. It goes on to say, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. This is the second thing he's talking about. This is how you're become this is how you become sanctified the second thing he talks about your passion the first thing he talks about is your purpose the second thing he talks about is your passion the third thing readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity god brings the best out of you Developed, well-formed maturity in you. Number three is production. Production. God, in order to sanctify you, he, he looks down and he says, where is your passion? Where is your purpose? Where is your production? And this is the thing that he, he kind of puts. He points a finger at these three areas of our life so that we can adjust ourselves to be used by God. How many of you want to be used by God? If you want that, just lift your hands right where you are. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. We pray today that your word touches us, God, that it changes us, Lord. We pray that your word begins to move on us so that we're never the same today. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody says amen. Amen. Thank you, man. I want you to write this down. Your consistency with your purpose, your passion, and production will determine your level of sanctification. Your consistency with your purpose, your passion, and your production will determine the level of your sanctification. This is what I want to talk about today, the three consistent steps for sanctification. Number one, this is a statement that I want us to get. Number one, if you want to keep your passion, never forget your why. If you want to keep your passion, never forget your why. How many married people we have in here? Married, happily married. Now, you know that you got married for a reason. When you first started dating that girl or you first started dating that guy, you were just head over heels in love. Am I right about it? Sacrifice doesn't really mean anything. When you're in love, you have passion. Am I right about it? You've got passion for that person. You've got passion to spend time with them. You have passion to be able to give them whatever they want to be happy. Last night, Lee and I were sitting at the house, and she said um, it was later, probably 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. She was like, hey, why don't you, um, can you just fix me some eggs and grits? 
And I was like, no, I'm not fixing eggs and grits. I don't feel like fixing eggs and grits. She was like, come on, do you love me? Fix me some eggs and grits. And I was like, all right, all right, well, let's, let's make a deal. I'll fix you some eggs and grits, and then you do something for me. We'll make, it, we'll make some kind of exchange here. And, and she's like, you what, what, what? You, you don't love me? And I was like, yes, I love you. Just, just uh, let's make a deal. And I started thinking, you know what, I'm just going to make some eggs and grits. And this morning, I woke up thinking about when we first started dating. We first started dating. I woke up early in the morning uh, when she lived somewhere else, and I fixed breakfast and brought it over to her house and gave it to her, not so that, you know, let's make a deal, but I'm, I, want, I want to show you that I love you. Am I right about it? See, there does, there, there is a time where you start to, to see is your passion the same as it was at the beginning. And that is a reality for us in our marriage and when it, when it comes to God. How many of you, man, when you gave your life to God, it was like that's all you can think about? You were in love. You were passionate. You wanted to share with people. You wanted to give sacrificially. It was just in you. See, you have to always remember why you started. Every single person has a story here. I met with a a pastor friend, and he began to talk about when he first got saved. He began to talk about how when he first got saved, what God was doing in his life. And I can tell you when he was telling me about that, and I started talking about when I first got saved, there was a passion that came back inside of me. You have a story. You have a story. If you want to keep your passion, you have to always remember your why. Why are you passionate? Why should you be passionate for God like you were at the beginning? And, man, when I first gave my life to God, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what people asked to serve or whatever. I wanted to do it because I was in love. How many of you are in love with Jesus? I mean, it was like, what can I do? It doesn't matter if it's convenient or inconvenient, what can I do? See, your passion will really define your calling. People never step into their calling because they lose their passion. And I remember, I don't ever remember, and I was talking to Leah about this the other day, I've never woke up one day and said, you know what, I really want to be a pastor. This is what I want for my life is I want to be a pastor. No, the passion brought me into the calling. And if you're looking what you are called to do, if you're looking for that, let me encourage you, stay passionate. Stay passionate. Keep that why in front of you. Keep that thing that, you know what, I'm going back to my first love. I'm going back doing the things that God asked me to do at the beginning. I'm stirring that back. What does it say in Revelations? It says, go back to that high water mark. Go back to that place where you were totally in love, passionate for God. Go back to that place and begin to do the first things. See, doing the first things create a passion back into your heart. This morning I was saying, God, I, I, uh, I remember just wanting to talk about you. And the Holy Spirit said, well, then you need to go tell somebody about Jesus. When's the last time you said, you know what, I need to tell somebody about God? Not because I feel like doing it, but because God's so good. The first things, what was it like? What was it like? I'll guarantee you when Pastor Paul got saved, prayer is not a problem. Am I right about it? I guarantee you when Pastor Jen got saved, serving's not an issue. And how many of you know that you're an anomaly when you keep that passion alive? 
And the secret is to go over the times that God set you free. Man, I, I, I was getting with God and I was saying, God, remember when I couldn't stop smoking? God, remember when I couldn't stop doing this and that and, 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 and you just took it away from me? Remember that encounter I had with you? Remember that time I got that word and it was like something exploded in my heart? Remember when that person prophesied over me? Remember when I was in my room and I just began to cry in your presence? God, God, do you remember that? God, do you remember the times I would be driving down the road and just for no reason seeing somebody on the street, something come over you and start to just feel the way that God does about that person? You know it's not you because you're not that good. But you came under this, man, I'm feeling the way he feels. I'm connected to him. I want more of him. What is your story? What is your story? When you came to God and you came up to the front and you said, I want to give God my all. I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind. Now I see. What is your story? And let me ask you, have you been keeping that in front of you? Because that is the secret to your, your passion. That is the secret to enter your calling. How many of you don't want to lose your passion? That you begin to go over that first times. You know, Lee and I always talk about when we first started dating. And there is something that comes back alive in you. Am I right about it? That's why we wear a ring. Because we remember where we were when we made that commitment. And God never wants us to lose that passion. God never wants us to lose that at the beginning. Those that say, well, you know, see, this is the problem. There are some things in our life when we started serving God that we realized weren't all right. There were some things in our life that we say, well, you know, this wasn't good or this wasn't good. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Listen, the things that God did good in your life, then hold on to those things. The things that God, let me ask you. If you want to keep your passion, then you got to share what God did in your life. If you want to keep your passion, you have to share it. That's the secret. Let me ask you, when's the last time you've shared your passion? When is the last time you went up to somebody and said, man, i got to just tell you who God is to me? Come on, this, this is something that's going to cause us to come back to life. Let me ask you, when's the last time? Because when you're in love, you can't help talking about that person. Am I right about it? When you're in love, it's just an overflow. When you're in love, you always talk about that person, and, and you just can't shut up. You ever talk to people that just started dating? I have a few college people, that they're just starting to get in a relationship. They won't shut up about it. That's all they want to talk about. They want to talk about their date and what they're doing. And I'm like, come on, I don't want to hear it anymore. But I realize it's their passion. It's exciting. It's exciting. I'm pretty sure that God doesn't want us to lose the excitement we had with him in the beginning. And you know what? God will change your circumstance and begin to say, I want you to still have the same passion that you had with me in the beginning. And see, there's, there's a, a honeymoon phase in Christianity. And if we're not careful, we can start to lose that passion, lose that heart of just serving. Let me tell you, when somebody writes or comes and tells us, listen, I was contemplating suicide, and now I've decided to have hope and live. How many of you know you can be passionate about that? I was contemplating getting divorced, 
and God touched my heart and I decided to stay together. That's something you can stay passionate about. Where's your passion? Your passion has to be about people. Your passion has to be about people. It is the detector of where our passion is for God. Am I right about it? Your detector of how you are with God is determined how you are with people. Remember Jesus when he said, you know, they, there, was this, um, there was this passion that got on the inside of him when he began to see the temple and people were, were selling things in the temple. What was going on? What was going on in that time? Why did he get so passionate in that time? Because he saw that people in the temple were only looking at how they can be served instead of the thankfulness in their heart to serve. They lost their passion. They said, what can I get out of this for me instead of what can I do for God? How can I make this convenient? to get an offering and bring it to the temple. And God was like, no, 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 I'm going to mess this whole thing up. And those of you with the theology that Jesus is only nice and quiet, he made a whip and he began to go through the temple and begin to throw over these, uh, these tables. And he began to say this. He said, this will be called a house of prayer. And what did he say? He said, the love or the passion for my house consumes me. Does the passion for God's house consume you? See, this is when God puts his finger on. You know, the great thing about the Bible, it's our litmus test, right? If you want to know where you are and how you are, then just begin to see what the word of God says. How's your passion? How's your passion? What what would you give it in a scale of zero to ten? What would you give your passion? A five? An eight? A ten? An eleven? How many of you want to be eleven? You don't want to be a five. You don't want to be a six. You want to have great passion. Why? Because God's been so good to you. You want to have great passion. Because how many of you know that God doesn't use, God doesn't use those that are only 50%. God uses those that are 100% about him in love, passionate for his will. How many of you want to be passionate? And there's, I believe God's going to begin to speak to your heart and say, hey, begin to go back to those first things. What are those first things for you? What are those things that you did at the beginning that maybe you lost? The second thing is this. To live your purpose, stay focused on the main goal. Leah asked me to, I asked Leah where something was in the medicine cabinet the other day, and uh, she said it's right there in the middle of the medicine cabinet, and I, I, I looked, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I think this is a guy thing. I'm not sure. It happens to me with uh, when I'm looking for things in the refrigerator also, things that are staring right there like if it was a snake, it would have bit me, and I just walk away, and I'm like, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. Somebody must have taken it, and she goes right over to the cabinet and says it's right here, right in the middle where I showed you. Anybody? dealt with that. I think guys have a problem with that because they see all this stuff and they just like get paralyzed and it's like they can't find anything. I don't know what it is about it, but it's true for my life. You know, they say lion tamers, they say in order to tame a lion, they know that that lion, if they're focused on just the tamer, that lion can take them out. So what they would do is they would get a chair, turn it upside down, and approach the lion, and the lion would see the four legs of the chair, and just like a guy looking in a refrigerator, he's just like, I don't know, 
I don't know what to go after. I have no clue. Confusion takes over his his psyche, and he's just just lost. And you know that's that's really how it is with our life. We got tons of responsibilities. We got tons of things to do. And the secret is keeping the main thing the main thing. The secret is keeping the purpose right in front of you. The secret is saying, I'm never going to step away from my purpose. See, when you begin to be consistent with your purpose, God begins to open the doors for you for your divine destiny. When you begin to be consistent with your purpose, God begins to open doors for you. How many of you want to live your dream job? Anybody here? I meet with tons of college students all the time, and a lot of times they're trying to figure out what to do with their life. Am I right about it? I mean, sometimes I've talked to 50, 60, 70-year-olds that are trying to figure out what to do with their life. I believe that God wants us to have a life that what we're doing as our function or our job, we're passionate about it. Am I right about it? I've heard it said, if you are passionate about what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. I don't know how true that is, but I know that if you're passionate about something and you are able to do that with your life, your life is going to be different. How does that come together? How does that divine destiny come together? I believe that God says, hey, when you're faithful with a little, I'm going to make you ruler over much. In other words, if if you are just saying, you know what, this is the job I have right now, I'm going to use this job for my purpose. My eating, my drinking, my going around, everything that I'm doing, it's not that I just have a purpose when I have life group. It's not that I just have a purpose when I get together with my Christian friends. It's I have a purpose every single day. And no matter where I am, my purpose is people. See, what, what is your real purpose? What is the main goal? What is the main goal? The main goal is not just reaching out to people. Because Jesus did that, but his main goal was to raise up a team and deposit himself into somebody else. Am I right about it? Was that God's main objective? Was that Jesus' main objective to say, you know what? I'm going to live my life. I'm going to love everybody, but I'm going to deposit myself in other people. Let me ask you, if that's Jesus' purpose, should that be our purpose? See, how many of you could say God's done a lot for me? God's done a lot for me. How many of you know that there's a lot of work that we have to do to be able to give that back? If I would sit down and write all that God has done for me and have the responsibility to say, how can I do this for somebody else, I would be a busy person. Am I right about it? And a lot of times in our life, we, we forget the main thing being the main thing, that God wants you to take somebody under your wing and do for them what was done for you. Come on, are you awake today? Do for them what was done for you. To say, my life, my purpose is to deposit myself into somebody else. Wasn't that the heart of Jesus? Wasn't that what Jesus said when he said, go and make disciples? How many of you want to be a part of making disciples? Three of you, that's encouraging. Y'all need a spiritual Red Bull this morning. How many of you know that our lives should be to deposit our life into somebody else? That's what it is to multiply. That's what it is that God designed us to multiply. Am I right about it? God designed us to multiply. When you start to get into maturity, you start to say, you know what, I got to multiply. Those of you that are like 17, 18, you're looking for a man. You start to want to multiply. It is is the same in the natural as it is in the spiritual. When you begin to grow up, you got to multiply. 
And if you're not multiplying, then what are you doing? If you're not multiplying who you are, are you really stepping into the purpose that God has for you? Now, the thing is, life gets thrown at you, man. Life gets thrown at you. But how many of you need the grace to begin to focus on how to multiply? Let's not be like the tiger that's looking at the four legs and is paralyzed. That we say, you know what? I'm going to begin to do for others what was done for me. I'm going to be a part of making disciples. Come on, how many of you are excited about making disciples in here? Yes, yes. I'm telling you, that Red Bull, you just keep drinking it. That spiritual Red Bull, it's coming. You're coming alive. I feel it. I feel it on my third point. <laughs> what did Jesus what did Jesus tell Peter? Peter, see, sanctification is a process. See, the thing is, we can get discouraged because we 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 find ourselves, we find ourselves getting like getting distracted. And and in our lives, see, our, our spirit is already sanctified, but our soul has to, there's things that gotta get worked out. Am I right about it? Maybe you're in a place in your life right now that you feel like you can't deposit yourself into anybody. Maybe you're in a place right now that, that you feel like, I can't really help anybody because I'm going through stuff myself. How many of you know that it's God that brings things to the surface? God doesn't want you to focus on the things that got brought to the surface. That anger thing that got brought up, now you think that you can't help anybody out. No, God brought it up so you can just wipe it away. That, that thing that came up in your life that you say, I thought I was over that, God said, no, that came up so you can wipe it away. Why? So that you can begin to do the things that I called you to do. What did he tell Peter? Peter was like, man, I denied Jesus three times. I'm a coward. I'm the guy that said I'm with you to the end. And all of a sudden, just because a, a little schoolgirl said, do you, uh, are, aren't you a disciple of Jesus? I denied him. How many of you know that's pretty bad if you deny Jesus three times? And he found himself like, I'm not worthy. I can't talk to anybody. What did Jesus do? He went and found him, and he said, do you love me? And he was like, yes, Lord. He said, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. See, God wanted him to know, listen, get over your failure and get into purpose. Get over your failure and get into purpose. You don't feel like telling somebody about God? Guess what? You've got more inside of you than any lost person would ever have inside of them. You've got the answer for eternity. You've got the answer for salvation. You've got the answer for healing. You've got to share it. Begin to deposit in the other people. And I can get somebody to come up and play. The third thing is this. If you want to be productive, then you have to walk out the vision that God has given you and don't quit. Don't quit. Let me ask you this. What did God show you? What did God show you? What did God tell you? What is the vision that God put in your heart? What did God speak to you? What did God say to focus on? You know, a lot of times I feel like, you know, I feel like having grace on my kids because I feel like God is kind of dealing with me in the same way. Am I right about it? I tell, I tell one of my kids, hey, uh, can you go clean your room? And they're like, uh, like five minutes later, they're doing something else. And they're like, yeah, but I'm doing another thing that's good. And you're like, no, but I asked you to clean your room. <laughs> Am I right about it? Anybody have kids out there? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I can be the same way. God speaks to my heart and says, this is what I have for your life. And I say, yeah, yeah, that, maybe that's in the future. That's, that's in your hands, God, not in my hands. Let me ask you this. 
the vision that God's given you for your life. Quit asking for another vision. Quit asking for another word. Quit asking for another prophecy. The word that God's given you for your life. Are you walking it out? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much we came to church. It matters how much we obeyed God with the word that he gave us. And when God gives you a word, it's always exciting until the challenge comes. David, you're going to be king, but guess what? There's Goliath out there. There's a giant. You know what? You're going to win your school, but guess what? <laughs> There's obstacles. You get excited about the, about the word, but lose the vision. I believe that when we begin to put God's vision that he placed in our heart, not just about our life, not just about our dream. I believe when we begin to live for God's dream, he begins to give us ours. What does his dream look like for your life? When we stand before him in that day, will we be doing what he asks us to do? And today, this is a message of saying, come on, come on. Let's line ourselves back up to the will of God. Let's get focused again. Let's get back to that first love. Dear friends, Philippians 2.12, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to work it out. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, I believe today, I believe today, for many of us, God wants to revamp our vision. What is the vision God put in your heart? What is the word that God put in your heart? How many of you would say that I need to revamp my vision? I need to begin to write the vision down and make it plain for my life. What is it that I'm really going after? What is it that God really showed me? And am I taking the steps? Am I taking the steps to accomplish that vision? You know, the Bible says that, that Noah was divinely warned that rain was coming. And God told him to build a boat. Now, Noah could have said, God, I don't know how to build a boat. I don't even know what a boat is. I don't even know what rain is. How many of you know that's walking by faith and not by sight? But how many of you know that it took a team and it took some steps? you got to measure this out. God gave him the details. God gave him the details. But he didn't give him the details till he started stepping out and building. He didn't know what a boat was. He didn't know how to do this thing. God doesn't expect us to know how to do it all. He expects us to step out in faith. God doesn't expect you to, to know how to overcome all the obstacles. He says, begin to step forward, and I'm going to begin to show my glory. It's like parting the Red Sea. It feels like there is a dead end, but God says, keep moving. Begin to operate in faith, and he begins to open windows. He begins to open doors. And I believe today this is what God wants us to do. God says, hey, are you ready to be set apart from the world? Are you ready to be set apart and be used by me? 
Are you ready to say, you know what, I make the decision and I make the offering to be sanctified. I made that decision this morning. I want you to make it with me. Those of you that say, you know what, I'm revamping my passion. I'm going back to my first love. You know what, I'm beginning to put purpose in front of me. You know what, I'm going to begin to step out in faith with my vision. Come on, if you can stand up right where you are. God has spoken to us. God has showed us. And I believe that God wants to say, hey, where's your commitment? Do you decide to commit to me again? I love when marriages do, um, they renew their vows. Do you need a time to renew your vow? Listen, if you're out of five, renew your vow. If you're out of five in passion, if you're out of seven in purpose, if you're out of six with your vision, I want to challenge you to renew your vow with God today and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to believe because of the blood that you shed, I'm going to begin to get your nature and I'm going to begin to step out into vision, into passion, into purpose, into productivity. God wants us to begin to be mature and begin to... to, uh, to do the things that he called us to do. Come on, are you there? Are you there in your life to say, you know what? I'm making a decision. I'm making, I'm making a redecision today. I'm going to do it with you. You say, I'm coming back to my first love. I'm coming back to my purpose. I'm putting aside, trying to figure it all out on my own. I'm coming back to what you said. God's going to remind some of you prophecies that was spoken 20 years ago. And he's saying, go back to that. Now begin to step it out. You've been waiting for God to show you how to do it and what to do. And God said, no, 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 I want you to step out. Begin to put some things together. I'm going to begin to show off in your life. Come on, if you say, I need a redecision, I want you to come down to the front. I'm going to make it with you today. If you say, you know what, I need my passion back. I need my passion back. I need my productivity back. Come on, come down to the front. I need, I need a time where I say, you know what, I need my purpose back. I need to refocus. I need all of God right now. I want him to be number one in my life. I want him to consume my vision. And right where you are, right down in the front, I want you to remember those things that God spoke to you in the beginning. I want you to remember what he did with you and through you. Come on, if God did something with you, just lift your hands right where you are. If God did something in you, lift your hands right where you are. I want you to remember your first love. I want you to remember what it was like when you first found him. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart right now to say, son, daughter, I want you to get back to this. I want you to get back to this. Come on, I want you to make an offering before God today and say, God, I'm going to begin to do these first things that you're showing me. I don't know how to do it. There was a grace when I did it. I, I, I don't know how to break out. And God says, no, I want you to see it. I want you to begin to pray about it. I want you to ask God to give you a grace to begin to step out and do those first things. Right now where you are, if God is saying, you know what, I want you to come back to purpose. I want you to come back to my vision for your life, multiplying who you are in other people, 
Come on, I want you to right now begin to place in your heart people to reach out to, people to call, people that we should be calling on Sunday morning, people we should be calling for a life group, people that we should be ministering to, people that's on our heart right now. I want you to begin to say and make a commitment and make an offering before God and say, you know what, I'm going to begin to reach out. I'm going to begin to pour my life into somebody else. Come on, get rid of discouragement. Get rid of logic. Get rid of I don't know how to do it. And God's saying today, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you mercy to begin to step into what God has for you. And the third thing is vision. Come on, lift your hands. Third thing is vision. What did God tell you? What did God speak to you? What did God show you? I want you to make a commitment today to go back to that thing, to begin to step it out, to begin to walk it out, to begin to walk it out. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for everyone that made a recommitment to you, God. Lord, that you begin to put a fire in them, that you begin to stir them up, God. And Lord, I thank you that you're giving them a grace to be set apart and sanctified for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe God's going to do it, can you give him a hand today? If you believe God's going to do it, can you give him a shout today? Awesome, awesome. This is a week, this is a week where we're going to fast and pray and go back to that, those first things. Y'all agree with me? Come on, hug your neighbor and say, this is the week. Love you guys.